This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. There's been a movement at some restaurants in recent years to source more sustainable ingredients. Now, the reasons vary from place to place, climate concerns, a rise in plant-based diets, etc., But there's no doubt that where an ingredient is from, the actual physical location, can make a big difference. However, we can also think of that question, where did this come from, in a different way. How did this food in front of me actually come into being? What traditions or cultures had a role in shaping it into the dish we know today? We don't always think about our food like that. But maybe we should. Cebolla y cilantro y limón. Wow, this smells so good. (laughs) My guest this week is Eva Longoria. You may know her from Desperate Housewives or other movies and TV. But recently, she's been on a mission for CNN to get to the heart of those questions about food and culture in a place near and dear to her heart, Mexico. It's so soft, suavecito, la carne. Her new series is called Searching for Mexico. And today... I'm going to ask her what she found. From CNN, this is One Thing. I'm David Ryan. Eva Longoria, welcome to One Thing. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so I want to start here with what drew you to this project in the first place. What is your personal relationship with Mexico? Well, what drew me to the project as a whole, I was such a fan of Searching for Italy. Hmm. When I saw that during the pandemic, we're all locked up, we're all home, and, sure. and it was just like respite of like, wow, look at Italy. I want to go to nice, Italy. Right? That looks so nice. Yeah. I want to go have a Prosecco. And I was fascinated by Stanley's journey, being an Italian-American, really connected to his roots. And uh, they came to me, CNN came to me, and they said, we want to do a spinoff. Um, they knew I was a big foodie cook, you know drinker. (laughs) And uh, I pitched them Mexico. I was like, well, you should do Mexico because it is a jewel of cuisine. I mean, it's just, you know, I thought people should know more about Mexico and the beautiful people. So what did you see when when you were there? What, What were some of the experiences that really stood out? So many. I mean, I think I cried daily because when you're talking about the food, of a country, you're talking about the people, and you're talking about storytelling, and they're great storytellers. The bread here is very influenced by the the French occupation when the French was here. And if you follow the food chain, you see the history of colonization, the influence of European, Indian, Asian spices. fascinante como en un plato hay tanto sabor. Pero no solo tanto sabor, tanta cultura. You know, you really see the history of the country as the food has adapted and evolved or how it stayed true. Like the corn tortilla has always been the corn tortilla, you know. Um, So we traveled to six different states. We did Jalisco, Nuevo León, Yucatan, Oaxaca, Mexico City and Veracruz. And it was an amazing journey because I think the identity of 
of food from Mexico has always been tacos tequila, tacos tequila. And it's and it does that really well. And I love tacos tequila, (laughs) Uh but it is so much more. It's very, very diverse. It's an oval shaped patty and it's stuffed with usually beans, fava beans or cheese. She puts the fava bean inside and this is where like the tricky part. She has to keep the oval shape, keep the filling inside and the same thickness. Oh my God, she did that so fast. You You know, I think what I loved about Mexico City is like Mexico City is a microcosm of the country. So you have all those different cuisines in one city. And so if you you have to go anywhere, I would encourage Mexico City because you can experience Yucatan food in Mexico City. You can have Oaxacan food in Mexico City. You can go to a Oaxacan market in Mexico City. And are people coming from all of those places into Mexico City Mm -hmm. to kind of sell their stuff Mm -hmm. and promote the the food? Yeah. Otherwise it doesn't taste the same. So she brings the carbon from yes. her town. Yeah. There's tacos from Michoacan that are very spectacular. There's, you know, um, Oaxacan quesadillas. You know, there's different walks of life in Mexico City. It's definitely the melting pot. It's still, you know, the largest, one of the largest cities in the world. Right. And you mentioned some of kind of the, the disparate parts that kind of feed into into what that Mexican identity is is now. What do the people there tell you about that and how that still kind of informs how they deal with food? Yeah, I mean, there's amazing ingredients that are endemic to Mexico that people don't realize. Mm-hmm. Oh, that came from Mexico? Chocolate comes mm-hmm. from Mesoamerica. Vanilla comes from Mexico. That's mm-hmm. an endemic plant in Mexico. Even though Madagascar produces the majority of vanilla in the world, it is from Mexico. Mm. Um, the tomato, even though the mm. Italians made the tomato famous, right, right, right. <laughs> it's endemic to Mexico. The avocado, corn, obviously, is endemic to Mexico. So for me, um, those ingredients are still hugely um, popular, obviously, within the country. When you were growing up in Texas, did you have a sense of any of this as a you know kid growing up? I knew we were different in Texas because I'm a Texican. Um, You know, just with like we eat flour tortillas in the north. You know, I married um, a Chilango, which is a person from Mexico City, and he hates flour tortillas. It's like he thinks it's sacrilegious. He's like, that's not a tortilla. That's a pita. They're my favorite. I know because we're Americans. (laughs) You know, most Americans are familiar with the flour tortilla, not the corn tortilla. But the corn is really the heart of of Mexico. And but interestingly, when we were doing the Nuevo León, episode where the flour tortilla came to be and why it's only in the north was during the Spanish Inquisition. And it's when Jews fled Spain into the New World and they didn't go to the Veracruz port. They went to a different port, which was up north. Hmm. And a flour tortilla was basically unleavened bread. And so they hid the Judaism in the food. Um, that's why goat is very popular in the north because they wouldn't eat the pork. And so they, they ate goat instead. And so it was this crypto-Jewish community wow. that thrived in the north. And that's why we eat flour tortillas only in the north. It's because the Jews brought wheat. I think... On this show, especially when we usually talk about Mexico, we're talking about it in relation to the immigration debate, what's going on at the border. Do those issues 
How do they present in the in the food? Well, I think, you know, this country, the number one cuisine in the United States is Mexican food. Right. So that says a lot about the influence Mexican food has had here in the United States. But I think also, you know, people who go Taco Tuesday, mm. you know, margaritas aren't connecting the dots with right. where that originated and what a beautiful thing that we get to have taco tuesday or or tequila or margaritas because of this amazing culture from mexico because i think we especially you know on cnn you only hear about uh you know the troubles with the border or the immigration issues or um you know drug trafficking or whatever else is covered in the news and so this is this is the side of mexico i know i live in mexico i live in mexico city it is a beautiful place full of culture and art and people that um, are pretty amazing. And so I think if people took the time to understand the country of Mexico better, they would have a greater appreciation for it. Right. It got, it got me thinking about the term Mexican food and, and how we kind of use it. Like when I was growing up, that was just kind of one thing. But do, do you think that we could all kind of look at it a little differently, a little more nuanced? Yeah, I mean, if you look at uh, the influence of colonization, you know, it was a vegetarian country before the Spaniards. There was no cow. There was no pig. There was no goat. There was no sheep. There was no dairy. Wow. Um, and so once the Spaniards came to see how, you know, Nuevo León is heavily influenced by beef. I mean, it is beef country. It's the closest to Texas as well. Um, uh, the Yucatan is uh, Cochinita Pibil country. Like you, I had pork for breakfast, lunch, dinner, breakfast, lunch, dinner. And I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. We're in the Yucatan. Why aren't we having fish? Um, because of colonization and how the pig landed there and never left. And then dairy, you know, the, the Oaxacan cheese, which is called quesillo, is the most popular cheese you eat in a quesadilla. So if you're eating a quesadilla, it's probably cheese from Oaxaca. The way they made that cheese was a mistake uh, because they didn't have dairy. So they didn't really understand how to make dairy. And they overboiled and put too much water and tried to save this other type of cheese. And they made the most beautiful mistake that is known as quesillo. Do you cook at home? Yes, I'm a big cook. Did you pick up any recipes from <laughs> from your travels that you're going to try So out? many. I yeah. picked up so many recipes. A lot of them, too. Like I said, there's this movement of a decolonized diet, which means going back to the ancient grains and mm. the ancient ways. Um, and there was like this... down to the land itself. Down to the land. Down to, you know, they ate, you know, a lot of cactus. And I was in Guadalajara and there was this restaurant that did this amazing ceviche. And I was like, this is amazing. What is this? And they said, there's no fish in that. That's cactus. And it mm. was like this mix of just endemic vegetables and cactus was like the meat and it was so good and I was like I need this recipe like how do I do this how do I make this it was so so good hands down what's the best thing you ate out of all oh stuff? my god that's such a hard question because each region was so different I will say I didn't know a lot about Veracruz the state and it's a very long state so it's like it it, it it has mountains, it has the beach, it has lowlands. Um, that's where vanilla comes from, is Veracruz. Um, so going to the vanilla plantations to me was pretty spectacular. It's the second most expensive spice in the world because you have to pollinate these orchids by hand, second to only to saffron. And, and that's like why the vanilla at the store is like pretty pricey because yes, of the work involved. Of the, the It's a labor-intensive uh, fruit. Also... 
Oaxaca's having a moment. I mean, the mole from Oaxaca is is really amazing. Can you describe mole for, for those who, who mole, may not have had it? Mole has like more than 28 ingredients. It has so many ingredients, but it's um, a very ancient sauce that is made up of chocolate and chile. And mm. and even though, it, you know, chocolate in its origin is bitter. It's, right. it's savory. It's not sweet. It was the Spaniards who decided to put milk and sugar in it. Mm. Um, so they, when they mixed it in this sauce with chile, it was, a, it was a savory sauce that they would put on things. Okay, so I'm deeply hungry at this point. But stepping back... This whole conversation has got me really thinking about how I could be more intentional about traveling, you know, when I go on vacation abroad, or just trying to understand a culture that you may not have had much exposure to. How has making this show informed that idea for you? I think that the easiest way to understand any culture is through the food. If you go to China, you don't have to speak Chinese. You can eat the food and understand. It's a very easy entry point to countries you don't know. If you go to Mexico, you don't have to speak Spanish to understand the culture. You go and you eat and you're like, this is insane. So for me, I think that's just the easiest entry point. And I think this show is going to do what you just said, which is like, where do I even begin? And you're like, anywhere. Pick a, pick a place and go and eat. That's how you do it. Hmm. Well, this is really eye-opening. You can catch Searching for Mexico tonight on CNN at 10 p.m. Eastern. Eva, thanks so much. Thank you. One Thing is a production of CNN Audio. This episode was produced by Paolo Ortiz and me, David Rind. Matt Dempsey is our production manager. Fez Jamil is our senior producer. Greg Peppers is our supervising producer, and Steve Lichtai is the executive producer of CNN Audio. If you're new around here, welcome, and remember to follow the show wherever you listen so it pops up every week. We're back every Sunday. Talk to you later. When you work, you work next level. When you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii.